Hello, hello, my fellow podcast people. I hope you're doing very, very well on this fine Thursday evening or whatever day and time it is for you right now as you're listening to this podcast episode. I'm your host, as per usual, Azarin, the language nerd. You can find me primarily on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and YouTube, but also secondarily whenever I feel like posting on TikTok and on Tumblr. My username in all these platforms is exactly the same. It is at polyglotazrin. That is spelled P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T. A-Z or Z, depending on your country, R-E-N. You can also simply search Azrin the Language Nerd on whatever your favorite social media platform is. So again, that is spelled A-Z or Z-R-E-N, the Language Nerd. And welcome to another podcast episode. I'm very, very excited, as per usual, to be recording this one here. I had a couple of interesting conversations today that I think are going to interest a lot of the people who are listening to this podcast. So this morning... I had a call with a friend of mine by the name of by the name of Aaron. He was on this podcast once, uh, quite a while back. Uh, the podcast episode was called something to the effect of the business of language learning, or or something like that. But anyway, it's irrelevant. So we're talking, we're catching up, blah 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 blah. Aaron recently had a second baby, and so we're talking about that and how he's balancing the baby with his work and all sorts of different things. And suddenly, Aaron asked me how things are going at work, and I started to share how we are doing, how I am doing, some different um, language, like fun language learning events, such as on Monday, I think I mentioned it on the podcast, I, I co-hosted an event with a, with a Mexican chef where we hosted a cooking event, a cooking lesson for Spanish learners, for Spanish learners that was taught in very, very slow Spanish. So Aaron and I were talking about this and he's like, man, that sounds like a lot of fun. Like even me, and he said this, even me, someone who doesn't like learning languages that much and I'm not a very studious person, like I would definitely learn if I, if I needed to or wanted to learn a language, that would be exactly how I would choose to learn. I had a similar conversation with somebody uh, literally two hours ago today or th- two hours, yeah, two hours ago. And we were talking about his preferred learning style and how he is someone who doesn't necessarily enjoy being super studious and sitting in a classroom. It's not his favorite thing in the world. He kind of has to force himself a little bit, but definitely getting out there and doing those kinds of activities where you are using the language, you're in a bit of a pressure situation, you are almost like a kinesthetic learning style, I guess you could say. And I had those two conversations today and even yesterday I had one Monday. I've had these kinds of conversations so frequently and it just reminded me of a couple of things. First of all, I think there's a lot of people who think they don't like learning languages because of how they approached it or how they, I guess you could say what their introduction was to that specific topic. Perhaps they learned it in a school environment But for them to learn, their preferred learning style is something that is a heck of a lot more kinesthetic and more jumping in there and just throwing yourself in the language and real life situations and and learning by doing. Kind of like people who jump in the pool and learn how to swim just by being thrown in the pool and having to figure it out, right? And it also made me realize, and and by the way, I've said this a million times already, but it's just important. You have to know and you have to match the way you're studying whatever language with your learning style. You have to do that and that is going to be something that helps you 
absolutely tremendously. Oh, so much. And so it was a really, it was, it's a short little story, but I wanted to bring that up to kick today's podcast off because um, it's, it's something that was really important and something that is top of mind for me right now. Uh, changing gears a little bit, I have a Mandarin test tomorrow, uh, first thing in the morning at uh, 10 o'clock. And actually, fun little thing, there's not that many people who call us 10 o'clock first thing in the morning, but with me, with my sleep schedule and my how my day typically goes, my day doesn't start until 10 o'clock typically. Like I'll wake up at whatever, 8.30, 9 a.m., something like that, and the day starts at basically 10. So anyway, so I've got a, a Mandarin test in the morning. I'm not fully prepared as of yet, but I think if I do a one, if I just do one more hour of studying today and maybe an extra 15 minutes tomorrow in the morning, I think I'll be really properly prepared for it. So looking forward to it overall, I think it will go, I think it will go pretty well. And I wanted to give you a piece of advice with these tests, right? When you look at language learning tests, there's a lot of interesting kinds of perspectives that people have. There's some people who don't believe in tests and they go that it's not, they're not overly effective or they're not a great measure of how someone, the level someone has in a language, which by the way, I do agree with because there's so many factors with tests that, that are not taken into account. Maybe you had a bad sleep. Maybe you get test anxiety. Maybe who knows, right? Maybe you just crammed a bunch of stuff in your brain and you did well on the test, but you don't actually know the stuff, right? You didn't save it in your long-term memory. So many different factors as to why many people disagree and many people don't necessarily like the whole concept of using tests in a language learning environment. Now, I will say this though, tests definitely do have uh, quite a bit of value when it comes to using them as a learning tool because we have this whole stigma around tests. We, we get tests in school from a very young age. We are trained. It's deeply ingrained in us to study for tests. Most of us, the majority, really care about what kind of grade we get on the test. And there's an extra level of pressure that, that is associated when it comes to delivering and, and doing well on a test. And so what I really like when it comes to tests is I like to use it as a learning tool. When you get a test and you're trying to remember how to do something in a language for a test purpose, here something really magical is gonna happen when you get that test corrected. When you get the test corrected and you see the mistakes you made and you get that feedback, your brain is going to deeply remember or remember at a much deeper level the mistakes that you made and you're going to learn from them a heck of a lot more. You see, it's the whole theory of this whole thing. It's the whole, I guess you could say it's, it's a big psychology thing. When we make mistakes in an environment where there are real stakes, where there is some level of pressure and our mistakes are caught and corrected and we get feedback in a slightly more high pressure scenario, we are more likely to remember the mistakes that we made. It's just reality. Think of it this way. I will never forget how to say I'm vegetarian because I remember going to a, Mandar a Chinese restaurant in China and having a very difficult time ordering. And so I was like, man, that was so uncomfortable. I do not want to forget how to say I'm vegetarian again. I don't want to do that. And so now I'll never forget how to say I'm vegetarian. So there's real stakes there. You can use tests as a very similar thing. There's real stakes 
right? Especially if you're in a university class or high school class or whatever, there's real stakes involved. So it's gonna help your member when you make the mistakes on the test. So the irony around tests is that I like tests because the mistakes I make, I don't, I typically, I'm less likely to make the mistake again. Because I was like, I studied for it, I prepared, I was like, oh man, I forgot that, how could I have forgotten that? And suddenly I create an extra, a deeper neural connection to that particular word or phrase or grammar point or whatever, right? Now, I do wanna stress the following point though. Just because you put yourself in some higher pressure situations, whether it's tests, whether it's, uh, who knows, you travel abroad, whether it's, I don't know, you put yourself in a, in a language learning class that is above your level, whether you, 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 you risk saying something with a friend that you weren't sure if you said it correctly or not, whatever it is, right? When you put yourself in those higher pressure situations, please keep in mind that it's not, this is a thing, this is a concept of diminishing returns. What I mean by that is, yes, if you put yourself in occasional high pressure situations, you will learn a lot from them. But if you are constantly like 24 seven in high pressure situations, your brain eventually is not gonna learn anymore because you are overwhelmed for too long. There is too much overwhelmedness, if that's a word, that is going on and that's not good for you. A good analogy is if you're looking at people who work out or who go to the gym, you, you, it's not good for you to just go to the gym eight hours a day, seven days a week and continuously push yourself that way. It actually starts to harm your body. Very similar with language learning. I've actually said this before, right? Very, very similar. So it's not just about putting yourself in high pressure situations all the time. A similar little note that we haven't talked about in a while, so it's worth bringing it up. Um, one of my students earlier today, I saw him for the first time in two weeks. And so he hasn't, he's really not touched French in two weeks, has not really looked at it or anything. And the, and the funny thing was that today he was actually communicating better than he ever has. And he was like, oh, I guess I'm lucky. I guess who knows, blah, 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 blah. Like, I feel like the student who didn't study and has somehow gotten hundred percent on the test. Like what's happening? And what's really happening guys is the following. It's a very logical thing that's happening. You need, your brain needs time to digest, digest the information you learned. That's just real. Your brain needs that time away from the language occasionally for you to digest the information that you have consumed. A good analogy is if you ate, let, let's look at eating. You can't just eat all the time. You can't sit there, eat, and then eat more, and 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 more, and more, and more, and more. That doesn't work. Your body cannot digest the food until you give it a break to digest the food. You have to eat something, then you can't do any physical activity because your body's digesting. You have to not eat for a while, do something else for two, three, four, five, however, however many hours until your body has digested the food and then your body is hungry and ready for more food. Very similar with languages. You might study for one month, two months, three months, especially if it's intensive. Heck, even in a day, you might do an hour of studying and you need a break. Your body, your brain needs time to digest that information. So taking a break is not a bad thing. Not pushing yourself 20 or yes, not pushing yourself all the time is a very, very good. It's a, it can be used as a strategy of attack. And as a matter of fact, and we can wrap the podcast up on this note, I think. 
especially if you are someone who is learning multiple languages. Oh, this is such a good piece of advice. I've never said this before. Holy man. If you are learning multiple languages, okay, I highly recommend that you use one language as a break from the other language. Let me explain. Let's say you're learning Mandarin and French, okay? These are the two languages you're learning. I would recommend that you study French, 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 French for however long, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, three months, one month. It doesn't really matter really how long. That's gonna be based on how you feel. And if you know you get sick of French or tired of French or whatever, right? However long you want, put in a good chunk of time towards French. Then you study Mandarin as a break from French. Because while you are studying Mandarin, your brain is going to be able to, to properly digest and fully absorb all of the things that you did in French. And then when your Mandarin brain's getting tired, take a break from Mandarin and go back to French. And you're going to find something very magical. You will not have actually forgotten a lot of French. Not really. <laughs> um, the big thing to keep in mind if you're going to do this kind of thing, if you're going to take a break from a language, as understand that there, this is another yet another concept of diminishing returns. Let's picture a timeline. You studied a language, let's say for a year, and you did it really intensively, and you're like, I'm done. My, not I'm done, but my brain is getting really overwhelmed and blah, 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 blah. And you take a break. Let's say you take a six month break, and then you jump back into French or whatever language you might find that you're, you've actually gotten slightly better. You might have found that your brain has properly digested the information. But if you wait seven years, let's say you do a year of French intensively, boom, you've made all this progress, and then you don't touch French for seven years, you have essentially starved your French brain to death. You've starved yourself, you've starved yourself and your brain is almost, the French person in your brain is almost dead. And so it takes some time to revive them, right? It's not like if you do a year of French, take a six month break, come back to it, your brain is hungry again. You're hungry and ready to learn more, right? That's normal, that's what you wanna do. If you wait seven years, you've waited too long. <laughs> now it's gonna be hard in the beginning because your brain, you have to remind yourself, you have to brush off the cobwebs, you're rusty, it takes time to remember the stuff and it takes some time to remember and, and get back into the swing of things. So there is a bit of a fine line and I don't know what that line is, but maybe as a general rule, I don't know if this is true, I'm gonna think about this general rule a little bit more, but as I'm thinking about it now, a general rule should be the following. However long you have studied that language, like one week, two weeks, three weeks, five weeks, maybe I would say a break, the, the time that you should take a break should be 25, uh, oh man, this is hard to say, but here's my initial guess, my best educated guess. I would say 25 to 40% of the time that you've studied the language, you can take as a break. So if we look at my student here, right, that I hadn't seen in two weeks and he had not touched French, I have been working with him for, I would say, approximately three months, maybe? Three months, approximately three months now I've been working with him. So three months is what? Four, eight, 12 weeks? Is that 12 weeks? Yeah, 12 weeks. Let's do some math here. So 12 weeks times 0.25. Yeah, let's look at that. So 12 weeks, so I could that I could have done that math in my head, wow. So a quarter of 12 weeks is three weeks. 
He's done approximately 12 weeks of French. He has not touched French in about two weeks. So that's almost three weeks. That's kind of the break he took and that's really benefited him. So that's maybe a good way to look at it is 25-ish percent of the time that you study the language you can take as a break and it's probably going to benefit you as long as you actually jump back into the language. Now, hopefully that was helpful. That's some new stuff. It's very, it's not always, it's not every podcast that I say something that I've never said before. So that's exciting that I came out, that something brand new came out of this podcast. Woo, awesome. All right, guys, I'm going to let you guys go. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. And we will talk next time. Bye for now. See you.